0: Welcome to day-by-day stories of business, life, and everything in between. My name is Anne Day, and every week I will be bringing you stories to inspire and inform you. As women, we wear so many hats and juggle so many roles. We will be talking about what's important to us, our work, family, relationships, health, and the world around us. Please join us as we share these conversations about what matters most. Let's connect. This week, we are looking at resiliency and tenacity, that determination to overcome whatever challenges may come your way, be it trauma or tragedy, and not only overcome, but bounce back better than ever. Right now, in the midst of the pandemic, it's a quality we all need. Certainly, as entrepreneurs, we are used to uncertainty. We understand ambiguity, but there are degrees to which we can tolerate a steady dose of the unknown. And that is what we're facing right now. No one knows how this will end or what the new normal will be. I thought it might be helpful and yes, inspiring to hear from one woman entrepreneur who has demonstrated her resilience and tenacity in spades. As you hear her story, it may give you some perspective as to what is happening now. Tahani Aburane grew up in a refugee camp in Jordan. At 15, her parents sent her off to Canada as part of an arranged marriage. After 22 years of marriage and two children, it ended, but Tahani had no money and no real marketable skills. Fast forward to today, and she is a real estate coach, best-selling author, a successful land developer and investor, and now leading the FIRE movement. She achieved this through her own determination, not just to survive, but to thrive. I won't tell you more because Tahani will share her story with us today and the lessons and wisdom she learned along the way. Tahani, I'd really like to thank you for joining us today. And I'd like to start at the beginning. Tell us about your childhood. What was it like growing in a refugee camp with your family? Six brothers and two sisters.
1: First off, I wanted to thank you so much for having me here on and and sharing with your ladies. um it's just such an honor and and yes, it's um it's it's really uh, it's not like I had a choice. It was my mom and my dad who wanted to have this big family and they did. and I was the oldest of them all. so I kind of inherited as an older child, Um, Some of the responsibilities helping my mom, you know, with raising the kids, especially my youngest brother. And um, it was it was beautiful. It was joyous. I mean, it was just so wonderful. I have the funny brother. Then I have the serious brother. Then I have the like all kinds of things, you know. So it just it's so nice. And and you get to appreciate how different People have different personalities from such a young age, you know, having all these um, family members to the point where it also taught me how do I communicate with this brother versus that brother versus this sister versus that sister. So it was really beautiful. So what happened?
0: What happened in terms of you leaving the camp and, and yes
1: so i i was such a happy young little girl and um but at age 15 everything of course changed for me where i came one day to my home from just a normal school day to find out that my parents had a party and it was a lot of people in the house and to open the door and to find out that tahani you just got married And I know, I know (laughs) that was shocking to say the least. It was unpredictable. It wasn't, it wasn't even thought of. I didn't know who the man was. It was really, um, a life event that changed my life. And, um, and that's where I ended up that he was living in Canada. So it was, and just between when I got married, which was in February, to um, turning actually 16 here in Canada, which was August. So it was like just a short few months that uh, I had to kind of, you know, go do my things and then come to Canada. It was huge adjustments, to say the least. Oh, well, I can't even begin to
0: imagine what it must have been like. So you came to Canada. Um, did you come yeah. on your own?
1: Um, actually, yes, I came on my own, but he lived here, of course. And then um, one of the conditions, I start crying to my dad and I said, all I want is for him to send me to school. Of course, him and, and his family, they were saying, yeah, 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 you know what, we'll send her to school, not knowing what you know what I'm capable of or not knowing and they thought I would be like all the others maybe that came before me a couple of other ladies that came before me that I would quit so fast but I was determined and uh, my teachers instilled the belief in me that you know education is out of poverty and for me that's what was my driving force to come here And, and to give my dad also a prop is that he also instilled in me the thought that I can achieve anything I set my mind into. So between those two thoughts of what my dad gave me and my teachers gave me, I came here with a determination and the focus that I got to do whatever it takes to go to school and to school I went. And, um, and then after that, it was time to go to university, but, I, the in-laws and and the ex is like, nope, that's gonna be too long. That means another five years, you're not gonna go to university. I back then, back then, I ended up going to a college, a three-year course. And then the third year, I had my baby girl, and then I had my boy, and then and then actually, and then after that, my entrepreneurship started. But and I didn't, it's like the entrepreneur inside of me was I would say even in the refugee camp as a little girl and I did not realize that to be honest until like later on I was like oh I was an entrepreneur at a young age <laughs> yeah and um, and when I came to Canada uh, that kind of showed up when I finished college because it was very hard for me to get a job with um no experience, English as a second language and and you know a woman and your mother. So it was a lot of obstacles there and challenges that almost like it had me nowhere but to turn to my entrepreneurship um, self and do something with that.
0: So you say you were a, an entrepreneur in the refugee camps. So what did you do there? I know.
1: I actually loved it because I used to um, bake cookies, bake cakes, bake sweets, and then, you know, make them look so presentable and then give them to my brothers. I mean, they came in handy, my brothers, by the way, because I could not go out in the streets and sell them as a girl, but my brothers could. So I would tell them, look, you take this, you go sell it. And then the profits will split in half, so they would give me the total, the cost back, and then the profits would split in half. So I I like I did that, and then I went into doing crocheting, like you know, making like little dolls that you put in cars, and 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 you know, covers for Kleenex boxes that I sold. Many other things where I've made actually quite a bit of money, and in Jordan, when you make money. The, I mean, I couldn't buy houses, but I bought gold. So for me, I, oh, I had a gold necklace. I was like, well, I had a gold necklace. So that's my entrepreneurship is that I was able to come up and be creative with what I can do and who do I need to get that product out. And no one taught me that, not my mom, not my dad. It just almost, it was intuitive for me.
0: Well, and I love the fact that you used your brothers to sell the cookies and so forth. They come in handy, even here in Canada. Yeah, they have their uses. (laughs) So what did you go to college for? What did you end up with?
1: Business, because I always had a knack for business, even though my in-laws and my ex-husband, they wanted me to be a nurse because they thought I'm very compassionate. I feel, you know, um, people's feelings and I'm, I would be great as a nurse and I'm like no but I love business nothing wrong with being a nurse but I wanted to be a businesswoman and I went for business administration and uh yeah and I graduated from Conestoga College and it was just absolutely phenomenal on my graduation I had my baby girl because she was born in January and I graduated in of course you know we finished in April but the party was like I think in July or something. And um, it was awesome. It was just absolutely wonderful to have my diploma in one hand and my baby girl in the other. (laughs) The best of both worlds. Best of both worlds. I I think it's true. You know, I I emigrated
0: here from, from the UK and you have to spend so much time getting Canadian work experience I mean, I guess in a way there's still a language barrier between the UK and Canada. <laughs> <laughs> but nothing like the yes. coming from Jordan. <laughs> yes, it was a lot of barriers. A lot of barriers, yes. So how did you get into well, first of all, let's backtrack a bit. Uh, you know, you ended the marriage and there you are with two children. So how did you manage to survive? And how did you get into real estate?
1: Yeah, so I got actually into real estate before I went through the divorce. It was, again, one of my brothers, speaking of the brothers, they're my blessings, um, came to me and said, to Honey, I want to open like a little chaos thing in the flea markets, you know? And the flea markets used to be big, much bigger than they are right now, actually. And me, the, again, the creative mind, like, why the flea market? Why not have you know a store? And why just only get you know little things? Why not get toys? And I start thinking bigger and bigger for my brother. And then it was just about the time of when the dollar stores start happening. And at the time that was in um early 90s, and I told him, Why not open a dollar store? So we opened the first dollar store downtown Cambridge, actually. And yeah. Yeah. That was a long time ago. And that dollar store, uh, I didn't have, I didn't have money. I didn't have connections. I've never opened, you know, a store like that before. So what happened, it was challenge after challenge, but I thrive on that because I always think, what is the solution? What is the solution? So it's not like when you find a problem, you go, Oh, poor me. I've got a problem. No. How about you switch your mindset and you think, Oh there is a challenge. Okay, okay, thank you, thank you for showing up. Now I have to be the creative person to try and find a solution. And and I start, you know, going to bank after bank after bank until I get a loan and I took that loan it was only 25000 That's how I started that business. And I took that loan. We rented a place. And I had a partial wall. And in within one year, it was like I made it such a small store. And then within one year, we kept taking that wall back and back and back until it was full and full of inventory. And it was thriving business and across from that dollar store was a real estate office and the manager of that office would come every day got water um gum you know uh coffee and then he would see me interact with people and then he would keep telling me tahani you gotta get into real estate tahani you gotta get into real estate tahani you would be amazing with real estate and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll try it. You know, this is how I said. I said I'll try it. So it was after one year, and I told my brother, "Now you can." Two years, actually, I told my brother, "Now you can go on your, you know, do whatever you have to do here." And then I went on to learn to get my real estate license, and and I got licensed, and that's how I got into the real estate world. So
0: why why should women really look at this as a as a potential career or business?
1: That's, you know, what's so amazing. And I feel like life is a cycle, you know, and um, and sometimes we start here and then, you know, where we end up, we think we're going to end up here, we we end up in a different place. And, uh, and for me, because I was born in a culture where You know, men did something, and then the woman did another thing. It was not like you know where women and men would be talking about ideas and sharing, you know, money, money issues and money problems and money growth. You know, that was not even you know part of the whole cultural thing and where i came in and start selling real estate and and it was hard for them to 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 digest that a woman can actually help them uh sell their biggest asset, you know, or acquire their biggest asset when they're buying. And I started, you know, it was almost fascinating for me, again, of how men think. And I started, you know, doing more and more with real estate to the point where I found that it was 89% of my clients were actually men, not women. And men would come to me, I got to a point where men would come to me, and um, they would say, honey, what do I do with my money? And, And it's because I also taught them what I've learned and what I've done to grow my money. So it's like passing on what my knowledge to these men who will in turn, you know, do better for their families and not until about um, it was in 2017, 2017, where two of my brothers had massive heart attacks within about maybe three months, you know, in between and that's when I started thinking, like, if I were to go tomorrow, what do I want to leave this place, Um, you know, better or with or almost like deep questions that you start asking yourself and, and that's when I realized, God blessed me more than I've ever imagined. I've been helping all these women, all these men, but what about the women? Why don't I Share this with the woman, and where are all the women? And that's when I switched practically from going this way to all the way the other side and wanted to help women. And that's when I said, I'm willing to sit down and help whoever wants to ask me questions about how to grow their money through real estate investing. And I thought I would get maybe 10, maybe 20. Well, little did I know that the room that I, um, I rented it. It was only a capacity of 100 women. I filled it up. And not only that, the morning of the event, I had a lineup of women that we couldn't even get into the room because the capacity was only 100. So I knew then that the women are ready. So it's one thing when you want to do something and you feel like it's a good idea and you want to bring it into the world. But it's another thing when the customers and the clients and the women are ready to hear that message and want to learn from you. And I felt that that was a perfect timing, right place, right time, everything else. It actually, I left Toronto because I had this event in Toronto. I came home from Toronto to Waterloo and. And I was crying all the way in the car just about, like, how this is just perfect timing and the women are ready to listen.
0: Well, that that's amazing. So tell us a bit about FIRE. Oh, Wait FIRE.
1: Now. Yes. It's a community and who knows um, about creating communities better than you and you (laughs) are the trailblazer when it comes to supporting women and creating community. And uh, again, I did not have that vision. I just said, I want to help women, but because there were so many and it just kept on rolling and getting bigger and bigger and bigger, I've created this FIRE community. I call it the FIRE community and FIRE is the increment for females in real estate females in real estate so but it's not really just only about real estate but it is about making more money it's supporting women economically with how to make more money so that they're not just um you know they're not worried about their uh where their next paycheck is going to come from and they feel solid at retirement t- time and they don't have to, you know, rely on the government and so many other things. So they come in and they ask all kinds of questions and um, and they get support from me and other real estate investors of how to make more money with real estate.
0: So how, how do you get started? I mean, how do you say, for example, pick a, a house that you want to buy? and either rent out or make over and flip. So how do you decide that?
1: Yes, so there is, I would say if a woman can picture this triangle, and the triangle has a three points, and you need two of these three, and that is you've got time you've got money and knowledge. So those are the three things that you need to get started in anything, time, money, and knowledge. So if you have all the time in the world and you don't have um, the money, then you need to acquire knowledge and you need to be part of the FIRE community so that you can start gathering information about where do I start, how do I get going. If I have money, like say a down payment, you can actually buy your first investment with as low as 5%, but if you've got already one investment then you need or a house, then you need 20%. But let's say that you don't even have the money, then it's still it's part of the knowledge where you find out what other ways that I can use other people's money and we both can grow it together. So there's that knowledge piece with the time piece. But there are some people that have the money, say professionals, like I've got a lot of doctors, engineers, teachers, all you know, walks of life, you know people. they have the money piece. And they um, they have the knowledge. They know that real estate is good, but they don't have the time. So those, you know, have a different role to to um, to go out and acquire about who could support them. So so that that's what they're looking for: somebody that can support them with the, with this process. So then they would go look for someone that has the time and and is looking to um, to learn. Okay, so to make things simple is that if you have no idea of how to get into this, uh, to, to get started, then I would say the best thing is to join a community like the FIRE community on the Facebook. It's for free. It's for everybody. And then just go in there and start asking. There is a lot of videos that I have on how do you start if you have no money? How do you start if you have money? And then there is also other women that are sharing.
0: You're as women, we tend not to toot our own horn or brag about what we've done. But I'm giving you permission to <laughs> <laughs> share your successes.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Um, and it's easier if you would share them on my behalf because you're right. It's a little hard, you know, for one to say, I have accomplished and I have done. And And actually, I'll start with this, which is my book right here. It's called Real Estate Riches, A Money-Making Game Plan for the Canadian Investor. This book is really, um, was written with Wiley and Sons, as you already know, is one of the largest publishers in, in Canada. And, um, and, and this book is really hand-helding someone who has no idea of where to start. How do you find a realtor? How do you find a mortgage broker? How do you find an area what questions to ask. So this is really amazing for anyone. It's so inexpensive. If you think about it, you know, you can um, buy it on Amazon, it's in chapters, it's in Indigo everywhere, And, and you can start here. So this is the least expensive way to get going at the beginning. So for me, I honestly, I mean, that's an achievement on its own, because when Wiley and Sons, like one of the largest business publishers come to you and say, we want you to write a book, that's, that's, that's like unbelievable. That's for me, unbelievable. And um And again, I went from no money, nothing to, um, I will share, like to having my house paid for in less than five years, to be exact, about four and a half years, to having many other investment properties, to becoming multimillionaire, to doing my first development, to, um, to win the Ontario College Award for Canastoga College as a woman entrepreneur to I mean, I don't know what else I can go on and on. And but it's not really. So having, you know, when you have no money, all you want is to have money. But when you have money, then it's your job to make that money work for you, you know, then you will be like more of a real estate investor. So what I want a woman to know is it's not about the accomplishment accomplishments. It's not about having millions um, or hundreds of thousands of dollars in your account. It's really about what that money will do for you and how do you feel if you were to have that and start there like it would make me feel so good well why not feeling so good right now and start building that like why wait until you have 10 houses or 50 houses no you can start right now feeling good and you can start right now surrounding yourself with amazing women that can uplift you and and inspire you to start creating and start acquiring a little bit at a time so and another thing Thing too is that don't get overwhelmed. Don't be like, oh, I want to make a million. I never thought I was gonna make a million. All I wanted <laughs> is twelve hundred dollars so that I can pay my mortgage and and pay for food for my kids. That's all I was thinking at the time. And then once you focus on that, then you know you can step it up, you know, a step at a time. So really, in a way,
0: I think our definitions of success vary at the different stages in our lives and where we're at and everything else. I think what's really impressive about you, uh, Tahani, is just your determination and your enthusiasm, but your determination to succeed. So where does that come from and can we bottle it yeah. <laughs> for others?
1: <laughs> yeah, I know that's very good question, Anne. Actually, that's a great question. Um so it wasn't for me about success. It was never for me about making money, it was always for me about you know, providing for my family at the beginning, helping my family in the refugee camp. So I needed to work so that I can send and help my mom and my dad and my brothers and sisters. And then it became my kids. When I went through the divorce, they were my driving force that I got to do whatever it takes to um, put a roof on top of my kids. And clients felt that at core. So as a realtor, when I went to the client and and I didn't know I was doing marketing 101 without realizing is that, (laughs) you know, it's like, I didn't know. It's like, I'll do, I'll find you the property. You tell me what you want and I'll do whatever it takes to find you that property. But I just want you to know that because I'm helping you, you're actually helping me put, you know, food and pay for my uh, mortgage and people connected. They saw my, they saw my vulnerability. They saw my, you know, being, you know, authentic about my why and, and people are helpful. There's so many incredible, nice people out there in this world. All you have to do is just open up and don't say, Oh, you know, you want to sell because there's a lot of realtors that are not doing well, but when you tie in your why, then people will, feel you and people will support you and that's where and I also I have to say also um it's not just only enthusiasm enthusiasm it's also work it's also hustle like you know you you gotta get out and do something about what you want you can't just sit back and say oh poor me look what's happening may I take this a little bit more deeper and then talk about the coronavirus and what's happening right now
0: please do because that's actually why leading up to my next question. So go ahead.
1: Go okay. for it. Well, like there is a lot of people right now that are hurting and hurting bad. Like I know that because some of the people talk to me and they ask me and they call me. And I would say to all those people, it just so important if you are one of them is that you shift the focus from, Oh my gosh, this is really bad to, okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. Universe. I get it. God, I, get it. It is really bad. But now what can I do to change this or affect the outcome of what is happening right now? And you might say, oh, nothing. Of course, there is a lot, but you have to tap into your creative self. Surround yourself with people that are doing well. So start reading, start you know, focusing on the good versus the bad. This is so important. When I went through the divorce, it was not easy. It was absolutely hard. And people would put me down and I can go on and on. But I actually disconnected from all of that noise. And I started thinking, what is um, doable. What is something that would uplift my energy versus listening to the news constantly saying, "Oh, we're going to go into the second wave. Oh, this is going to happen. Oh, this is going to happen." Okay. While all of this happening, what can I do? So, if you just focus onto what you are able to change, even as little as physiology, and maybe exercising or going for walks and enjoying the fall season and all of that things will start shifting. And once things start shifting, then it's almost like a, a snowball it starts rolling and then more good will come and more good will come and more good will come. I've had an unbelievable year. And, uh, and sometimes there is a part of me that also feels like a little bit guilty that, oh, you know what? I'm actually having a great year here. You know Why? Because I'm seeing opportunities while everyone else is seeing negativity. You know, um, my daughter got married this year. There's so much goodness Around what is happening that spiritually, it's an awakening for everybody this year has been. And and maybe you're one of those. And maybe you can now say, okay, I can't rely on the government. What can I do right now to take control of my finances and my financial well-being? So really seeing the good.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're right. A lot of it is about our mindset and seeing opportunities as opposed to negativities. And
1: uh, I mean, look at you. You've got a podcast right now because you're sitting home and you're like, How can I be in touch with people? <laughs> well, yeah, I have more time. I'm not traveling from one event to another. <laughs> see that? You see, that's creativity. That's exactly what I'm talking about. So, really go deep and say, What are you able to do today? even with no money or anything because now we have more time that can start you know changing and if you say oh but but you can go to the library maybe my book i saw my book at a library if you don't have money to pay for this book go to the library borrow get it and then start reading what i'm saying is that we do have more control about our financial well-being about our well-being in general than we think you know we do well that on that note
0: we're we're done so thank you so much for being here and for sharing all your wisdom and your enthusiasm i mean I, yes
1: i love what i do that just comes from purely being passionate about what i do and my mission is to share what i've done with other women so that they too can change you know their um their lives thank you
0: so much tahani
1: thank you and thank you for having me on
0: Thank you for joining us this week at Day by Day, stories of business, life, and everything in between. We hope you enjoyed the conversation and gained some insights as a result. Each month, we will take a different theme and explore the topic from different perspectives. If you want to reach me, you can find me on LinkedIn or email me at anday at companyofwomen.ca.